Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future on our new day and even newer time. This is season season seven, not season six, I'm sorry about that, episode seven, and today is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022, the longest day of the year, this year. Aha, it is. It's the summer solstice. Tonight's topic is healing energy, and we have a special guest that will be joining us later in the show, Dr. Peter Hunt. And by the way, you're not listening to the beautiful sounds of Paul LaPlaca tonight because his microphone seems to be on the blink. So we're trying to get him on. Meanwhile, I'll be doing this. So I am your host, Jim Elkin, alongside our in-house, uh, whatever, and your spiritual wizard, or whatever. Uh, and, and I'll be along with our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She is also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radio show at ladyfontaine.com. If you are interested in personal readings, healing, or if you have any topics that you would like us to address, email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session with Lady Fontaine. And if you would like to be on Lady Fontaine's mailing list, please give our call screener your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. Um, Yes, call us at 319-527-6216. We'd love to hear your stories about life and relationships. Call Lady Fontaine and her team of experts. We are waiting for your call. Since we are streaming video on YouTube and Facebook, for those who don't know, I'm the healing expert. Say hi, Jim. I'm Jim. And, of course, our lovely psychic, relationship expert, and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. Say hi, Lady Fontaine, please. Hi, Lady Fontaine. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) else stole my joke. In case you are wondering, she is the pretty one with the pink headphones minus the beard. Yeah, I got the beard. (laughs) Waving, waving. Well, we we can't see Paul. I'm the only one without a beard here. Yeah, that's true. If you miss a show, you can find us at Eye on the Future Radio Show on YouTube and Facebook or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk, iTunes, or any other podcast podcast forum platform there it is we have a jam-packed show tonight (laughs) my tongue is jammed in between my teeth right now if you do call in you will still be able to listen to the show while you're on hold waiting for getting online um before we get started i just want to mention a couple of things we appreciate all of you that call in and entrust your questions and life challenges with us we understand that sometimes you don't want your real info given on the air if that is the case please uh, oops. Please give That's your right. real info to our call screener. And if you wish to use an assumed name, let us know. But in order to get an accurate reading from Lady Fontaine, she does also need your real info. Also, we select the most interesting questions to get on the air. 
since this radio is live streaming and we have many, many listeners, we select callers with the most interesting questions that many of our listeners can relate to and learn from. Your stories are often similar to what others are going through, so callers with an interesting question and story are more likely to get on the air. We do our best to get as many of you on the air as possible, so please be patient with us. And if you don't get on this week, look for us next time. Lastly, please follow us on Blog Talk Radio or social media or subscribe to, uh, uh, to be notified of our new shows and leave us comments. Now, since this show is your child, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. Why, so thank I you. And I just happened to have a mic here in my house. Oh, thank you. Work. Can you give that yes. to Paul? He needs that right I now. I wish that I could. <laughs> Paul, here, I'm handing it to you. Take it. <laughs> So um, I'm very excited about our topic tonight, and we will have a guest speaker later on. But before we get there, I wanted to talk about some of the requests that we've gotten this week for um, upcoming shows. And we guys, we, all of us, have discussed it, and we have decided to do a show in um, either two or three weeks. I forgot to ask you guys if you're going away for the 4th of July or not. But in, in two or three weeks on how to survive a broken heart. Now, I've been getting a lot of um, emails from people as well as you know my regular clients that have been dealing with breakups, recent breakups. I would say... <clears throat> um, I would say in the past, um, month or so, it seems to be on the upsweep. So I did ask Jim, who's pretty well versed in astrology, to take a peek and see if there were any influences that could be affecting things. And actually, it turns out that June is a very um, fortunate time for romance. So the way I'm looking at this, and I'm going to tell you that um, it's it, it has, um, what's the expression, um, touched home, uh, reached home, uh, <laughs> that all of us are experiencing it. That, if you're, going to, that, if, you're, that yeah. if you're experiencing any sort of breakups or endings right now, what I want you to know is that in the big picture of things, it's clearing the way for something better. And I'm experiencing it myself. I'm going through it. And I know breakups are tough. And that's why we have decided to do the show on how to survive a broken heart. Um, But according to astrology and the influences that are out there, um, things look like they're really positive coming up with romance. So if things aren't going quite the way you want them to go, my suggestion is to step out of your own way, trust the process and see what the universe has in store for you. So what do you say, Jim? Yeah, looking at the aspects that I saw, uh, it seemed like it's actually a very good month for being honest and and clear about yourself and being courageous about your relationships. And that could be why breakups are happening, because people are getting really down to earth about what they really want in a relationship and finding out that their partner isn't the person they want. So mm. now, they're, now they're experiencing a broken heart because that's broken up, but that's actually a good thing because it gets you in a relationship that's going to be uh, a place where you can thrive. 
Exactly. And too often, and this is something I see and hear a great deal with my clients, is that people, people, well, it's stuff I want to talk about next on our next show, but people don't um, truly honor themselves more than they do their partners. And so often what happens is we, we get so caught up in the, um, in the hurt of things that um, we, we, we don't allow ourselves to really nurture our, ourselves and be true to ourselves. Um, and that, that's what I think in the end, because we've done shows on this. What is it that causes the pain in any situation in your life? It's the resistance. It's to the resistance to what's going on in your life right now. So for any of the listeners that are out there, any of my clients, any of my friends, anyone who's hearing my voice right now, if you're going through a breakup or things aren't working the way you want them to work, try to step out of your own way. Try not to resist. I know we all want what we want and we want it when we want it, but that's not always what's in our own best interest. And let the universe bring into your life the things that are truly destined for you. And we're going to talk a lot more about this on our next show. And we're also going to be hitting as many specifics as we can about how to survive a broken heart because it's not fun. It isn't. So on that note, um, it looks like I'm kind of doing, Jim, are you back or are you screening? Yeah, I I just uh, ran out and got Pete on. Oh, all right. So, um, it, it, what's going on in your life before we we bring Pete on? Is there going anything on you want to? So excited that I got. About? I finally got my Sportster back together and running and moving. I have to redo the the lights a bit, but uh, but it's functional. I can I can uh, I can be very happy with that. So that's good news. And what about your Road Kings? Oh, the Road Kings fine. I just drove my kid off to work. Just this afternoon. Oh, this okay, good. Because I thought you said there was a problem with that. A while no, it was, ago. It was, that was. That was. Well, there's always problems at some point. <laughs> so, do we want to talk a little bit <laughs> about that? I just, I think of that that thing that was going around on Facebook about all those extra Harley fees. But I won't. won't extra it. Harley what? Fees, like when you bring a, a Harley into service, you've got the oh. Harley fee, then you've got just because it's a Harley fee, then you've got, oh, the extra fee because it's a Harley, and then, oh, don't forget the extra, extra fee because you brought it into a Harley place, <laughs> and it happens to be a Harley. <laughs> so I know a lot, I find that most people like change the oil and do a lot of stuff on, on their own. Do you do that? Um it, it, in my case, no, actually, I don't because I usually take mine in to get inspected. I just get the oil change at the same time. It's, that, oh, it's just okay. a lot easier. It isn't that much more expensive, and they appreciate it. How so, often do you get oil changes on a motorcycle? Once a year, usually. That's all? Well, this How year much it's mileage? Be, this, this year is going to be twice because I already put 3,000 miles on it, just going to Florida and back. Oh, you don't ride that much. Okay. I mean, what do you usually put on in a year? Um, well, since I bought the bike, I've put on almost 23,000 miles. And how long have you had the bike? About seven years. I mean, like, I do that in a week. 
<laughs> you don't have a bike, Jill. I know, but I ride on other people's bikes. <laughs> oh, I hear a voice in the background. Oh, that's Pete. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete, hi. Ha, ha. Seven days left, I don't have a bike. One of these days, I will. And I'll put you all to shame. I really Thank you, will. Pete. Thank you for the support. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had Paul back. All right, so since we have Pete here, do you want to introduce him and then we can start talking about the topic at hand for tonight? Why don't you introduce him? All right, During well. Uh, yeah, let me. I wrote something up here. Let me see if I can find it. Oh. Yeah, I did. Um, I thought I did. I, oh, yeah. So our guest tonight is Dr. Peter Hunt, an innovative chiropractor and energy healer. He is trained and certified in Reiki and many other chiropractic techniques. Peter is a close friend of Lady Fontaine's and has been adjusting Lady Fontaine in person and remotely for years. He's in the process of developing an innovative healing technique that goes way beyond the traditional chiropractic or the physical, and we are excited to have him on the show to discuss some of his revolutionary techniques. Dr. Hunt works out of his Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania office. Welcome, Dr. Peter Hunt. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you very much, and I'll be happy to hear when Lady Fontaine does get her motorcycle. Oh, we got <laughs> you know it's... Sorry. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So thank you. But Pete, so we're very happy to have you on the show. And um, before we actually jump into talking about what you're doing, um, either one, either Jim, if you want to take the lead on this, or Pete, if you do, I would like a little bit of an explanation on energy. Like, you know, is, is energy what's actually healing us in the techniques that you're using, Pete or Jim, you're, you're an acupuncturist, plus you use other methodologies, I think, in your healing techniques. What is energy? Tonight's show is energy healing. What is that? Uh, well, ener- well, go, well, no, we'll let Jim go first. Why? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. It, uh, um, you know, it, it's been said and it's been known for quite some time. Everything in the universe boils down to basically just energy if you go on the subatomic level there basically is nothing there it's just energy but it's not just energy it's energy and the quality of the energy is made up by the quality of the information so that makes up the resonance of the energy what does that mean made up of the information what do you mean by that like if like if the if somebody is like very very negative very very down very criticizing of other people and themselves then the quality of that information is going to be different from the quality of energy that somebody would have who is always have or try, strives to have a very positive outlook and find the, finds, tries to find the best in other people. Perfect. Thank you for explaining that. Now, Jim, let me ask you, from your right. perspective, what's energy healing? Or I, do you have anything to add? I never use energy at all. I use chi. Oh. And what is chi? Isn't chi a form of energy? Well, that's one way some people interpret it. Um, she is, is, is a thing that flows in the body. It's a life force, if you will, like prana. Uh, and, uh, uh, similar to prana, it's not the same, but it, it comes from a similar root because both of them come from the idea of exhaling or breath. Um, so it has more to do with something that... I, I, the problem is that I get confused with energy, meaning the, the article of physics and the energy that I'm working with in the body, because 
uh, I don't believe that they're the same thing because I can measure the energy in physics, but I can't seem to measure the energy in the body. Well, let me ask you this. I claim to read energy. What type of energy would you classify that as? Well, you're reading Is that energy. the measurable, or if, is it more that esoteric that you're talking about? If you're using a magnetometer, then you would be re- reading magnetic energy using a and, machine. Right, and that's what so I'm So you're using hunting. your mind, so it must be right. something going on between you and that person that isn't something I can measure yes. with the box. Okay. Exactly. So exactly. That's, that's, and, that's my problem, because I get, I, I, I get kind of unhappy with the idea of using energy because a physicist would go absolutely berserk listening to it because mm-hmm. because it's it's not what they're t- talking about when they're talking about energy but um, perhaps when they talk about quantum physics it is perhaps but perhaps not i mean perhaps because well, quantum physics happens on such a microscopic level that i don't think it would be that easy to be such an impact using uh massive macroscopic levels that we live on comparatively well, well, so, and, and, well, I'm not, I'm not an acupuncturist, but you know the, the way I've always understood prana or chi. To me, those words are interchangeable. And correct me if I'm mistaken, but that's close. the universal, that's the universal life force energy. Right. So, uh, well, it's so that's universal life force. They don't put the word energy in there in, in a translation necessarily, but it is a universal life force. That's right. right. Well, I mean, we don't even have to use the word energy. We could use yeah. life force. You know, life force. Exactly. That would be more. Because to me, it's it's all different ways of saying the same thing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's it's something a lot a lot of it is. We try to come up with words. We try to come up with descriptions of stuff that is beyond uh, beyond description and beyond knowing everything that there is to know about it. It's just accepting that it's there, knowing that it's there, and knowing that we're you know we're very much a part of it and using it to uh, to our advantage to uh, help ourselves and others. And right. I think that even using the word life force would work for the work that I do as well. It's something that I'm able to tap into. If it's someone's life force or prana or chi or energy, to me, I use the word energy. But right. people, people, people get hung up. People, they get hung up on the words. And yeah. there's, there's, an old, there's an old Eckhart Tolle saying, where people get hung up on the word, but they don't realize the word is actually just a signpost, and they and they don't look to where the where the signpost is pointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And I agree. I do agree with that. So since we 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 have several different words that we can use to describe whatever it is that each and each of us tap into, um, Pete, I I known you for a long time. I've seen the evolution of you going from what I would call a more traditional chiropractor to where you're headed right now. And it's a very fascinating process for me to watch because in many ways I'm involved with it. But I would like you to, if you don't mind, explain a little bit about the process, what you're doing, how you're tying in certain things, how you're evolving, and what it is that you're actually doing. And I wish that we had the opportunity of having Paul, because I know you've done a session with him. And after you did a session with him, you talked to me, and I changed everything for you. And, and then you did a session with me today, which totally changed everything. So, so I, I, I wish we could get Paul on, but he's having some audio issues right now. Um, but 
Can you give us a little bit of uh, uh, an idea or sort of like a picture or a storyline of you, of where you started from where you're, where you are now and where you're headed? Oh, well, where I'm headed is I have no idea. It's where I'm supposed to be headed. That's, that's all I know. And I, um, I'm very excited about it, but no, it all started uh, when I first got out of chiropractic school and I got involved with, uh, with metaphysics, became a Reiki master and so on. I did it, some of it for a little bit, but then I got involved in more uh, traditional chiropractic, moved around a bit and so on. And uh, it hasn't been until fairly recently that I uh, kind of returned to, uh, to metaphysical roots. Um, a lot of that started probably about four or five years ago um, when I got to know um, a chiropractor by the name of Dr. Ted Koren, K-O-R-E-N, who developed his own technique. He's been very well known in the industry for years, um, but, they, but he uses biofeedback and, and, um, and, and asks the body questions and so on. There's other techniques that do it, like apply kinesiology uh, and so on. We'll use biofeedback, but the way he does it, where you can use um, your, own, your own hands as a, as a yes-no to get answers to questions that you're asking about the patient and what to adjust, where to adjust, how to adjust. Um, and could, I also interrupt on that? could I interrupt on that for a minute? Because I've had that sure. method done. Um, isn't yes. there like four, four spots or something? It's been a while since I've gone to a chiropractor that does that, but isn't there like four spots and they tap on those spots and those spots give them information about the rest of the no. body? Nope, nope, no, no, no. This oh. is, I don't know what you're thinking about, but that's totally different. But he talked about being able to, uh, doing a remote adjusting, and that's when I started doing that. Oh, uh, oh okay. I, I started doing because I did some remote adjusting with you. I remember I've done that several times. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I would do a remoting um, adjusting with my mom during lockdown because I couldn't, obviously I couldn't see her physically. So I would do stuff uh, remotely with her. Uh, and there was a couple other people that I would do on occasion remotely as well. And, uh, and I found that quite interesting because it's not, you're not just adjusting them, but you would also, I would find that when I was adjusting people remotely, a lot of times things that you could not do physically would come up and the person, the person energetically would want, want to be adjusted this particular way, which physically was, in, was impossible. Like for example, a couple of times I did it with somebody where they needed to have their atlas, their first cervical vertebrae adjusted, but they needed to have their atlas adjusted during their birth process. As weird as that sounds, oh, that's what came up. Wow. That, wow. That's what came up. You know, th- so that kind of that kind of weird, funky sort of stuff. So, so. That, because let me make mention of the fact that there have been many times in the past that I've, you know, something gets out of kilter and I'm now hundreds of miles away from Pete. So or even if I wasn't and I was at a dog show or something that I would call Pete and I go, Oh, Pete, like I've got such pain somewhere. And he would say, you know, like I'm with a patient, like as soon as I get finished, I'll deal. We hear you, Paul. Um, We'll deal, we'll deal with it. And then I, I, he might say to me like, all right, I'll be able to do it in an hour from now. And then about 10 minutes after that, I'm just going, Oh man, I could feel Pete working on me. I feel so much better. And then two seconds later, Bo rings, it's Pete. 
see, I had a minute here, and I just worked on you, and magically, I'm feeling better when I didn't even know for sure he was working on me. So uh, whatever he does and however he did the traditional remote healing was kind of, for me, absolutely amazing. It absolutely was, and it worked every single time. Yeah, but it was it was, uh, it was it was Dr. Cord and Dr. Ted Cord and working with him and, and taking some of his seminars and listening to his lectures and so on that inspired me to to uh, to, to pick that up and to work with that in, in my own way. And then Pete started, um, like he said, it might come up that you need to adjust the atlas, but at birth and. I remember he used to like give me notes after he would do some work with me and it would say, I adjusted L5 and this had something to do with three lifetimes ago with one of your dogs or something like that. You know, he was getting that other kind of information and you're not a psychic Pete. Where do you think that was coming from? And how do you think you were getting that information? I'm not really sure, but I would I would ask questions. You know, it's a it's a yes or no. It's not like you're you're posing really uh, complicated questions. It's a yes or no. So I would say, you know, zero it down to L five. Okay, what do I just? How do I adjust L five? Sitting, standing, and then something would pop. It's like, do I adjust it in this lifetime? No. Okie dokie. Then it would lead me down another rabbit hole. So then so you, you start would just questioning keep asking questions. Okay, you would just keep asking questions until you would find, because it would be fascinating, the notes that I would get from him about the the various adjustments that he did. So then from there, where did you go? And how did you get to where you are right now, which is pretty fascinating? Well, and, and then I was working on my own chiropractic stuff with patients and so on, and because there's, there's dozens of different chiropractic techniques, well over 50, probably 60. And there's a couple of them that the only thing they address is the upper cervical area. So I came up with my own, my own way of uh, analyzing the upper cervical area, meaning the atlas and axis, and being able to gently realign that and then be able to recheck. But also, too, I learned a technique called cranial release technique. Now, that has to do with... Uh, what's called the meninges or the dura, dura mater in the skull, that line, three-layered membrane that lines the skull. Um, it attaches at only certain places throughout the spine and down in the pelvis. And that was supposed to relieve all the tension in, that, uh, in the dural system. It works very, very well, but as I discovered, that it doesn't do the whole, didn't do the whole ball of wax. So it just led me to, to, uh, to look at other ways to do it. Can, um, I, can, I, can I interrupt you for a sec? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Are you talking about cranial sacral? Is it, is it related to that? Yeah, it's, it's different. No, no. He's done uh, it well, to I me. Mean, let's let hear your answer, please. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. No, I'm waiting for your answer, he wants to hear. He wants to hear it from you, not me. Okay. All right. And also, too, there's another technique. Um, a number of years ago, I became interested we'll in a back. technique, a very esoteric technique called network spinal analysis, developed mm-hmm. by a chiropractor from Brooklyn, uh, Dr. Donnie Epstein. Yeah. And I was fascinated by this technique, and uh, uh, Lady Fontaine has had it done as well. And I found the chiropractor who does it. He had a very loyal following, very, very good at what he does, but I never really felt that I got a lot out of it, and I was very disappointed about that. 
but I was still fascinated with the approach that they had. And I also. Can I interject here too and say that for me, for me, network was life changing because I know I know it was. Right. I had, and even the information, actually, I don't know if you told uh, Donnie Epstein or um, the gal down here, the chiropractor down here, but um, he knew about my success because I went in there with a lot of breathing issues due to 9-11. And the World Trade Center Health Program told me I would never get better. And by all my, I would say in the past four or five years, every one of my pulmonary function tests are normal. There's no breathing issues. And I was down to 25% breathing capacity. And now I'm normal. So network for and, and me they, and, and they, was phenomenal. Yeah, and they do no adjusting at, and they do not adjust at all. No, no adjustments. It's touch. Right, right. It's so, touch and that, some, yeah. something and like Dr. this. Mr. Epstein wrote a book that I really appreciate, 12 Stages of Healing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. yes. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal book. Phenomenal yeah. book. The guy is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He, before you go on, though, Jim was very curious about that cranial release technique. Um, so could you talk a little bit more about that? Pete, I just want to add that Pete has done it to me, and I would drive 10 hours right now to have it done. Mm. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Pete, could explain a little bit about that. Cranial release was derived from an original Irish osteopathic technique called biocranial, uh, which was, um, I think the guy's name was Dr. Boyd, Irish osteopath, who developed his technique. And the American, uh, Dr. William Duresti, developed that and came up with um, a cranial release technique. What it is, it's a, it's a gentle stretch, but it looks very simple. It actually kind of is simple, but it, it's, it has to be done precisely. Um, where what you're doing, it's a, it's a stretch, um, specific stretch on the trapezius muscle mm-hmm. on both sides, starting with the left side, then the right side. The head has to be sit, positioned directly, and that relieves the excessive dural tension in the cerebral basilar junction you know, right at the base of the skull where the uh, foramen magnum is. Um, it takes like a minute to do, not even a minute to do. And it can be really, really uh, powerful stuff. So I drove to, uh, when I found out about that, I, I drove from Stroudsburg to Paramus, New Jersey, uh, I think every Thursday morning for a while to, uh, to, to get it done and learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Good. Very good. Thank you. Oh, you're, no, you're welcome. Yeah, no, it was, I, I swear by that. But go ahead. So tell us more about how you got to where you are and really what you do now and what, okay. you're, what you're discovering about what you're doing now. Okay. And, and certainly, obviously, we'll get into it. You know, a lot of it is with your help and input because that's, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's been crucial through the whole process. But when I went, when I went to Network, the first time I went to Network, the first I knew they did a contact on me because I know Dr. Epstein, he gathered stuff from other techniques and then he put his own thing together, his own spin on stuff and obviously took it way further. And uh, the first contact, it was down by my coccyx and I realized, oh, this was, he got this from a technique called Logan Basic. And I asked the chiropractor, is it, is a technique been around for over a hundred years called Logan Basic? 
There's a Logan College of Chiropractic in Kansas City, Missouri. And it's a specific contact uh, on the sacred tuberous ligament the one that runs from the sacral coccygeal area down to what's called the ischial tuberosity on the posterior part of the upper femur, you know, basically called the sits bone, you know, because that's what we sit on. And uh, so it's a specific contact on that. But that helps to release the excessive dural tension because the very end of that meningeal system is the coccyx. And so um, that, helps to, that helps to release that area. And I remember, still remember, it was probably like five, six years ago or four or five years ago, whatever. But there was a lady who since moved out of the area, she came in and she had an ocular migraine. Um, her eye was throbbing. And the dural membrane, the meninges, coat our optic nerve, and the whites of our eye, which is called the sclera, that's a continuation of the dura, which is why it's white. So I made that contact. Within 10 seconds, her headache was completely gone. I'm like, that, that blew us both away. And like I saw, said to her, it's like, I love it when people make me look smart. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like, yeah, that, it, it, it shocked me as much as it shocked her. Well, and and I'm sure that was life changing for her. Oh yeah, no, it was you know um, you know sad to see her go, but it but um, but also too, but it 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 continued to evolve in realizing that a lot of the problems that you know physically that people have, and also more than physically, has to do with that excessive dural tension. I mean, um, uh, either Paul or Jim was talking about the uh, the cranial sacral work, Dr. Upledger's stuff, and Dr. Upledger was another guy who was a revolutionary and a genius. Absolutely no doubt about that. Oh, I, and, cranial sacral work is phenomenal. I find anyhow. Yeah. Yep, and he uh, and he was and he did a lot of research at the University of I think it was University of Michigan back in the seventies, where he showed definitively that the bones in the skull move because it's taught in this country that the bones in the skull are fused together, which is not true. Uh, the bones in the skull expand to contract seven or eight times a minute, and the cerebral spinal fluid and the dural membrane moves up and down inside the spinal, inside of the spinal column as well. And then the sacrum flexes, the base of the sacrum flexes and extends, so there's a continual subtle movement. But, um, and then, so I, I continued working with that, uh, over, you know, over the last couple of years, and, um, just a little while ago, maybe like three months ago, two months ago, not very long ago, I was watching something on YouTube. Uh, I mean, I watch the usual nonsensical, mindless dribble on, on YouTube like everybody else does, but I also learn a lot of stuff from YouTube as well. And so I was watching a lecture by a guy named Dr. Jay Holder. Um, Dr. Jay Holder started off as a medical doctor, then he had a very profound chiropractic experience, so he became a chiropractor, so he's both uh, DC and MD. He was giving a lecture down, down at the uh, Life Chiropractic College, and he was talking about tonal chiropractic, T-O-N-A-L, and just something really, really hit me profoundly when he was talking, and because I had known about him for a while, I just, I just wasn't ready to hear what he had to say, I mean, the, uh, the effect of what he had to say, and um, I was aware of the technique that he developed. He developed a technique called torque release technique, mm-hmm. um, which, which was derived, which was invented, or he came up with this out of a research project that they did at the University of Miami Medical School. Well, somewhere in Florida, I think it was University of Miami, uh, but it was an addiction study. And so 
this technique and his and he has an, his own adjusting instrument called an integrator, uh, which is vastly different than a regular two-dimensional linear adjusting instrument. It it applies a specific force in three dimensions because on this on this plane we're physically we're three-dimensional and it applies the uh, the force um, a measured force in three dimensions. It's pretty cool stuff. So I started. So I wanted to buy the instrument. And I talked to him on the phone, uh, and actually he was very, very nice. I talked to him for about 20 minutes. He liked the fact that I did Logan Basic because we talked about the importance of that as far as the whole cranial sacral system. But the whole idea of his technique, and there's a few other ones that do it that I've discovered, is tone. And every, you know, most people know that the brain and the spinal cord control all the functions in the body. Yep, I mean, obviously... Uh, Dr. Upledger knew that, and certainly other people have known that too, Dr. Epstein, uh, and so on and so forth. No, that's, that controls everything. So the body is a bioelectrical system. Every cell in the body is a little tiny battery, negative charge inside, positive outside with electrical gradient around the cell wall. But, but all the cells in the body do not correct, connect directly to the central nervous system. So how does it communicate? It communicates through tone, through resonance. Hertz frequency, and the healthy Hertz frequencies are multiple of five, like the vagus nerve, base of the skull, that fires at 10 Hertz per second, which is 10 electrical impulses per second. Every part of the body, like the liver, is different, has a different frequency from the heart, has a different frequency from the pancreas because they have different functions. But when the central nervous system is in tune, it's able to respond and give the proper information to all these different parts of the body. Everything is communicating. Everything is in harmony, much like a musical instrument, uh, you know, guitar, upright bass, or so on. Um, I had a little uh, little epiphany uh, last week, where um, where I was thinking, where where I had a, like a little idea about a hammock. You know, a person wants to lie in a hammock. The hammock's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. What do you do? You don't do anything with the middle part of the hammock you work on the top and the bottom of the hammock to adjust the middle of it. And once the tone and tension in the middle of the hammock is good, then it's, then, then you're good to go. And then you can take a nice, nice long relaxing nap. So, uh, so Dr. Holder talked about restoring normal tone and working and checking and working these areas where, um, uh, where the, where there's excessive meningeal tension, they have their own way of doing it. I've come up with my own way of doing it. I still want to get certified in it. Um, they have a seminar coming up in September. Now, we add in one more thing. Last year, I found out about this particular thing uh, called higher brain living. Now, I had never heard of it before. It was interesting because I had, I had a dream where I knew there was something really, really big and new coming up for me. I had, I had no idea what it was. It was like, okay, I'll just wait until it shows up. And then I had a dream a little while later. I had a dream about network spinal analysis, and it was a very vivid dream. And I didn't know if, well, does this mean I need to return and get network done again? I just wasn't ready for it before. I don't know. So all of a sudden on my Facebook uh, page, I started seeing ads for this particular thing called network spinal analysis. And this guy, Dr. Michael Cotton, who was doing this particular thing, 
he, he's a chiropractor, but when I watched him do his work, it looked just like network. And I thought, you know, I even posted on there, it's like this is a network ripoff. This is a ripoff of Dr. Epstein's work. But I started to look more into it. And the purpose of, net, of, um, of higher brain living is to, take, is to remove the, the latent energy that is built up and runs our body from the hindbrain, the, the primitive brain, which is the way human beings originally um, evolved, was using the hindbrain, the reptilian brain, the, the, uh, um, which helps to keep us safe, and it's basically geared towards survival. Uh, fight or flight, you know, always on the defensive uh, and always on the lookout for a threat and never really changing or growing the way we're supposed to because it, uh, what, what his idea was was to be able to move, take energy from the hindbrain, which we still need, but we don't need it to run our life, according to him, and move it into the prefrontal cortex, which is the most recent part of physiological evolution, and that's where the potential of the highest states of consciousness, spiritual awareness, and, uh, and other, other life experiences, that's where that potential resides. And they've been able to do it with higher brain, with higher brain living. They've been doing EEGs and so on, and they can, they can fi- find the prefrontal cortex lighting up like it would in somebody who's been meditating five hours a day for 40 years. So I found the person in New Jersey who does it. Now, what I found was what what's going on with what I'm doing now is I <clears throat> I like I like the higher brain living. I don't want to learn I don't want to learn how to do it. It's a whole process. It's really really good stuff. But I realized that the pathways that Dr. Epstein stuff goes through, the pathways that the higher brain living stuff goes through with their contacts, the main conduit is a central nervous system the spinal cord and the brain. It's like an antenna that we had used to have on our cars, that little, the, little wi- the little wire and then the little ball on top representing the spine and the brain. That's, so, um, so once I started doing that, I realized, okay, if I can clear the central nervous system out first, get that in tune the best way I possibly can, then do contacts, everything's wide open. So now I do the contacts, and then there's a there's a clear path for the uh, uh, for the energy shift going from um, you know going from the uh, well even I well I shouldn't say that because I'm not doing higher brain living, and that's one of the ways Jill comes in. I would work on her, and I knew I was doing something pretty cool. I wasn't without, sure what the heck I was doing. Right, without me knowing anything, he would just say, "I have a new technique." I just want you to tell me what's going on, what you feel in your body. And then I would just give him my observations of what's happening in my body. And I remember the first time he did it, I didn't even know he did it. And then I, cause I, he was supposed to text me or call me first. And then um, starting to tune into my body and I'm telling him, first of all, whatever you've done, you've tapped into some archaic, um, powerful energy beyond anything I've ever felt or experienced before. And what did you say then when I said that? Well, no, that, that it, it made perfect sense with what I know about the higher brain living stuff, because that's what, that's what he talks about, but I'm certainly not doing all, you know, I, there, there's some of my own contacts, some of that that I've learned from getting higher brain living done. Um, so it's certainly not the whole thing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
And like I said, you know, first and foremost, I am not doing higher brain living, but I'm certainly being influenced by it. Um, but also, too, along those lines as well, we talked about, we've had this discussion before, Jill, and you brought it up, uh, I think, no, we, you brought it up Saturday after I worked on Paul, and then I, then I talked to you, and we talked about changing that, you know, what I was saying. And where let me just explain this though. He re-reviewed with me what the protocol was that I said what five weeks ago was phenomenal, but then I got doesn't feel right to me today. And he goes, What? And I told him what part of it did not feel right. And then I said, You're not coming from the right place. And I said, my guides are saying, you know, whatever they said. And then together we found the right. Yeah. Thing. So what? So what? Right. So powerful. exactly what I was saying, and, that, and that's what powerful. I did with you. And that's what I did with you today. Because right. it all comes down. It all comes down to most most stuff that, that we do. Like most stuff that I do. Most stuff that we do. If we're bringing the darkness to the light. Like we well, come that's in, what I you know, said, you because instead of trying to bring the light to the darkness, you have to be open no, the to the Period. Yeah, well, instead of bringing the darkness to the light, you bring the lightness to the darkness. Right. You um, bring the light. And you do, right. Go ahead. You just Go turn on. on. You, you turn on the light to illuminate what's always been there. And, but, uh, and but so there was that, still so more. There was still more in the wording that we came up with, but. When, after he worked on me today, and this has never happened, he, I'm his guinea pig. I, he always does work on me. Never has a song came to my head before. And this was after I told him that what it, the, the, the certain section didn't feel right anymore. And he changed it to an I am type of statement. And what happened the song knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door started playing in my head. And I said, holy moly, do we have something big going on here? I said, I'm not worried about dying. I'm, I'm not worried about anything but expanding my consciousness at this point because I was literally knocking on heaven's door at that moment. Yeah, and, and, and there we go. And that's where we are right now. So, Paul, I am so anxious to hear about, do you want to talk about um, anything that happened on Saturday with your session? Yes, absolutely. Well, I would like to hear about what you were experiencing and if you want me to um, look into your energy and see if what I feel, because I, you know me, I read at a different level than what you might even be conscious of. Yes, I would love to hear what you think, too. But what, what did you experience, if anything? And remember, so, you're, he used version, like, whatever. We have a new and improved well, version yeah, right now. Right. He used version, version, uh, version A. <laughs> and now we're at version knock, knock, knocking on heaven. Oh, now, <laughs> with me singing, we're probably going to get banned again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. I'm not, but that song, um, oh my God, it was the most amazing experience I've had in a long time. But all right, so Paul, so what, what did, 
what did he explain to you? When you went into this, what did you think was going to happen, if anything? Well, I, I think everyone, you know, needs to know that I'm, I'm a real skeptic when it comes to any of uh, this kind of non-traditional um, Western medicine, more, uh, you know, magical kind of uh, healing. <laughs> so I, I was very skeptical when I, I came into this, and Peter – uh, explained that he didn't need to know where in my body I was having problems, that I just needed to be in a place where I was um, free from distractions. So I started off feeling, you know, very skeptical, like how is he going to help me without knowing um, what I need help with? So I just I <laughs> sat alone in my apartment and I lay down on the bed and I focused in on the, uh, the areas of my body that I've had some chronic issues with. I've had a carpal tunnel in my wrist for about 15 or 20 years. I've got um, a couple cysts and lipomas, and um, I've just focused on those areas of my body that needed help. And um, I waited for him to call me, and when he did, he said he'd uh, gone through a a series of uh, retuning of the central nervous system, and I asked if there was anything I could do to kind of helped facilitate that work, and he said, no, he'd, he'd been able to go in and, and do some work on me. And um, the things that have uh, noticeable differences are, are huge. You know, my, my wrist feels 90% better, and my cyst uh, that I have here is about, you know, maybe 25% smaller. So I notice these things, and I also have some kind of nerve issues in my hip um, and my uh, my muscles here from a back injury from a couple months ago, and that's down about 25%. So nothing is like 100% fixed immediately, but um, the changes are extremely noticeable, and uh, I'm shocked, you know, because, uh, again, I'm a, a skeptic when it comes to these kind of things. Um, I don't know how he did it, uh, but my wrist feels almost 100%. Wow. wow. That's... <laughs> that is wild. So, Especially Jill, for you... Mr. Skeptic. Yes. <laughs> what did you feel, Jill? Well, um, first of all, I felt the the major healing from your wrist. Um, that that you allowed. I feel you act absolutely allowing that in your body. So That must be crucial. I mean, obviously, it's crucial to your day-to-day life. But that one, I could feel your total acceptance, allowance, and you, you, you just. I, I, there, there was. I could feel an energy shift in your whole body that was literally almost like a laser focusing on the carpal tunnel. So that must have been a a big hindrance for you in on a day-to-day basis. Was it before? Um, it's, it's been a a problem with my, you know, every instrument I play, um, that has an effect on it. Oh, that's right. I never even thought of that. I never even thought of that. Um, but you allowed that there. I could feel the allowing with the cyst that you're mentioning. Um, I could feel a lot of skepticism in your energy. That one, you held back some of the healing. So I would okay. suggest that you you free that up, especially because you're already seeing something change. 
Um, uh, and, 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 and real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. The healing's already there. It's not one and done. It's it's in your it's in your central nervous system. It's in your system. Right. So it, it so it hasn't left. So how can I help the work uh, and be more open to it or tune well, into this those is what, this, this, this is where Jill comes in. So as far as your central nervous system goes, um, I, and I, I, I'm going to say this to Pete because then he might know how to adjust it in you. What I feel is like a putter. A <laughs> so it's not fully okay. open. There's sludge in there in his central uh, nervous uh, wait, system. Uh, yeah, well, I already know what the problem is then from what you okay. said, yeah. Okay. So then can you do another session with him to unsludge him. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I'm not meaning to be oh, yeah, no, but I'm, it's no, what no, I feel. No, no, definitely. I mean, I have to be at the office to do this because the way I do this is I just don't think about it. Like when I, like when I worked on Paul, when I work on you, when I worked on you, that, that um, I, I use the, the, uh, the massage table that I use for this work. It's just like you're lying there. And I go through and I go through the process. Okay, I'm standing at the feet. Okay, and then I check. Okay, I do this. I do this. Uh, she's going to lie on her right side. I'm now contacting the the left transverse process of her atlas with my right uh, my right middle finger. Okay, is that adjusted? Yes. And I go back and check. So I go through the whole protocol like the person is lying there. Right. So I have to go through the whole thing, but. What I would do, what I would do is, I would go back. I would go back and ch- and check because there's still a little bit of little bit of uh, interference in that. Uh, there would still be a little bit of interference in the central nervous system, uh, in the in the tuning or the tone of the central nervous system. So uh, that would be easy enough to check and remove, and then to follow that up, I would follow that with the new and improved um, statement while I'm doing the uh, while I'm doing the contacts. Now, there's something else I feel off in Paul, and Jim, you may be able to, because Pete doesn't see me right now. What's this area right here? Do you have any headaches? Are you dealing with any headaches or pressure in your head, Paul? Mm. Nothing specific, but I've had... (laughs) (laughs) Other than that. I've had a lot of insomnia for the last, you know... Uh, six years. <laughs> oh my um, wow. Maybe but I don't know if sludge that... removal will help that. I'm feeling something. What, what's this part of the head, Jim? What, what is this called? The, the top. You don't learn that term until your third year of school, so That's you're very good on the information. I went to graduate school for that one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. I, I got to grab it like for would, would it help if it said sagittal? <laughs> yeah. It's vertex. It's on the very top. It's on very, very much on the bottom. Are you just to the okay. side of it? I'm yeah, not sure. the, 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 the I'm, suture. Look, I'm looking right. at Paul and I see it on the right side, so it's probably his left side, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not okay, sure. Well, well you just you just you just told me something right there what I need to do. There's one more contact that I need to add to finish up the whole shebang. 
and you just and you just verified that there's one more contact that I need to add back in. <laughs> this is how he and I work to develop his system. Team, I mean, teamwork crazy. remote healing. There you are. What is it, Jim? Team, teamwork remote healing. Uh, uh, and look, what, years ago, did you know me when I was a healer of animals? I used to heal animals. You, yeah, you, I never actually got to see you at work, but I did hear that. At that I time. was quite, I was about quite when, when effective. Lucky, when lucky and got that's sick, when right? I stopped. Yeah. Because I tried to heal my own dog and he died. I said, screw that. I tried to make one withdrawal. Even while I was waiting at the vet's office, there was a cat that I saved. There was a, a golden retriever that came in with seizures that they didn't think would make it. I saved that dog too, but I couldn't save my own. So I said, then mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. So I stopped healing, but it, I, I'm not healing. I'm just guiding what I feel is happening in the body. So Jim, you were making some interesting faces during. <laughs> I was talking discussions. to other people. Sorry. Oh, all right. Okay. So, so, um, all right, you guys, Paul and Pete, will re-coordinate a time where you, you could work. And next time, I would like to get an update from you, Paul. Other than that, let me just scan your whole body real quick and just see if there's anything else. Um, well, look, his ears are glowing. <laughs> <laughs> see, now, what, what, what am I doing right now? I scan his body. Is this? A, a measurable kind of energy? No, this is no. just an that's ability. I, like that's why I don't like to call it energy by by itself. If you say we want a healing energy or mental energy or something like that, it's kind of qualifying it. The same way the Chinese do with chi. You know, they're talking I about just call it energy, but maybe I'll call it healing energy or something. Okay. But I well, I call well, it energy. Or, or or you could use the uh, the Einstein term spooky energy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would be appropriate for that, me. That was how we that referred was, to quantum mechanics. Can you imagine me saying to clients, all right, now I'm working with your spooky energy to tell you <laughs> if Joe is still in love with you. Uh, yeah, right. All right. So, Paul, um, lower comes down around the ankle on the um, left foot. Something down there feels stuck. Um, do you have any issues going on there, Paul? Mm, not that I know of. Okay, uh, um, Pete, can you see that? Can you check that out and see what that is that I'm picking up? Well, well, just just by saying the foot, the first thing that comes to mind is is, is some sort of a grounding issue, which is easy enough to rectify. And what um, did I say to you the other day, Pete? <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't listening. No, I'm kidding. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, you said I wasn't. You said I wasn't right. grounded. Right. Um, so, so I would say, um, perhaps both of you should work on that. And what's a very powerful way to ground? You told me, Pete, a way I didn't know. Well, 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 once again, the way you talked about, like, like just putting your hand on a tree or walking barefoot outside or somebody else, or somebody else had told me a good way to do it is to just, just with both hands, grab the edge of a sink and just stand there because the sink is connected to the ground. You know, the sink has a lot of metal elements in it and it's connected to the ground. And that was her thing. What they do with her stuff, she's a, uh, a radionics practitioner. And, uh, uh, and that, that was her, her thing, was just, was, was just putting both hands on the edge of the sink and standing there to ground oneself. 
I see that was news to me. I mean, I I think one of the most powerful ways to ground is if you say walk in on the beach, you know, and that the you know you're you're at the edge of the water, so the the um, the, the ocean is hitting your feet, um, or even in a creek, and you're dealing with stones, and you're dealing with dirt, and you're dealing with water. Those are very powerful ways to ground. There are NIH studies that talk about the healing effects of grounding, including, uh, um, I, I don't know if I want to use the word resolving or healing or helping things like um, AFib and different things of that nature. So the well, effects no, of grounding... And that's why, they said, that's, why they sell, that's why they sell grounding mats that you sleep on. Right. I actually have a grounding mat, but when the dogs were puppies, they ch- kept on chewing the attachment thing. So I eventually said, the heck with this, and I don't know where it is anymore. I got to get a new one. But I had one for the bed that I would sleep on, and I'd plug it in next to the bed, and they'd chew it. <laughs> they were puppies yeah. then. Well, well, well obviously, they needed, they needed to be grounded, too. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so traditionally, traditionally hematite is used as a really good grounding crystal. Ah. So it's a stone that you can keep in your pocket. You don't have to oh, go wow, out okay. and do anything. Just get in touch with hematite. It's magnetic. So I think I have ma- it. Yeah, you might. It looks. It looks like a very it. dark gray. And shiny it's a fine and powder. Is it? Oh, no, wait, it's not a powder. It's, it's a stone. Oh, okay. I mean, it could be a powder, but So it's not a crystal. You don't have to recharge it or anything? No, you don't. It's already well charged. (laughs) Like I said, it's magnetic. So they make make necklaces that you can just take apart out of hematite. I would highly suggest, (laughs) I would highly suggest, Pete, that you have one on you. Yeah. um, Especially when you do this kind of work. You know, a bracelet-like thing would be really nice. And then what I like, what I what I like to do, we have many very enormous rocks, stones in this area because it's a it's a Lorraine. There was a a, a, a a glacier that used to be in the Hudson Valley and brought a lot of rock down. So these enormous stones, I go and stand on them and just feel the roots of the stones going mm. down deep. There's nothing more grounding than no. that. No, right, I agree. And these are all things that, for any and everybody, I think the healing effects of grounding are incredible. And even for for Paul, when he's um, not playing with his little kitty cat, uh, <laughs> you want to introduce your cat? This is Lucy. Aww. Or Lucifer. She's a fussy girl. Exactly. <laughs> sounds like and, and very talkative tonight. Um so, oh, yeah, that reminds me, Mr. LaPlaca. Uh, I have to go off <laughs> off subject for the moment. You know what I'm going to ask you, right? Yeah. Right. So I do a post. Somebody wants to take me on a motorcycle ride to Highway 666 in Arizona and New Mexico <laughs> and all these other places. And it's a haunted thing, so I'm all excited about it. So I go to type a post and all I type in is highway 666. I was going to type something else, but as soon as I typed highway 666, a name came up. Uh, One of my friend's names came up 
<laughs> and one of those friends' names happened to be, could I say? Paula Placa. So <laughs> I am trying to figure out what this association is um, between 666 and Mr. Paula Placa. Oh, wow, good thing I have my good, 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 good thing. Good thing I'm wearing a tinfoil hat now. <laughs> but and for those of you in the listening audience, Paul just stuck his horns up through his right. finger. <laughs> he stuck his horns up. <laughs> Look, I was an altar boy. I'm a good, good Christian boy. But how did Catholic. that happen? Pleased to meet you. Can you guess my name? Tell me how that oh, happened. That is I have no wild. idea why my name would come up with that highway. No Jim, idea. Jim, would you try to just go on Facebook and do a post, a new post, and just type in Highway 666 and see if anything see if comes, my name up. comes up. I wouldn't mean, that, that be was crazy. That... Oh, this this okay. was a new post in, in Facebook? Yeah, so just go on Facebook and do a new post. Just type in Highway 666 and see if anything pops up. Anybody's name? Uh, Nothing? No, no names are popping up. I'm doing a create a post and, and nothing. Interesting. It's all about you. Mm. What do you mean it's all about me? I, I, <laughs> was it my name that came up? <laughs> It's all yours. I just, I just thought that was interesting. So, um, uh, sorry to go off topic there, but um, so Pete, I know you don't know where you're headed with this new technique, but I have a question for you. So, if a client wants, what do you do when your clients come into your office? Do you do all this hocus pocus stuff, or do you just adjust them, or does it depend on the client? It, it depends on the person. Like I did it on, I did it on somebody today. Um, I only had a few people that I could, today's not a day I normally work, but I'm spreading things out a bit. So I did it on a person today. Uh, there's not very many people that I do it on. I kind of gauge the, uh, you know, you re- you read, the, you read the room. So right. if there are people that are, there are people that aren't going to be into it, that's not what they're looking for. Then, you know, then I don't do it. And especially if I have people waiting, um, like I had, um, there's, a uh, there's two women that come in and they're, and they're very religious and I was doing some, I didn't do that, but I was doing some of the, the Ted Korn stuff with the, uh, with doing the, the, the biofeedback and they weren't comfortable with that. So I said, okay, then I won't do it. Easy right. enough. There's plenty of other, so there's plenty of easy, plenty of other stuff to do and that's fine. So right, uh, they you know, wanted you just, more you, traditional stuff, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. They were actually they oh. they were scared of it. They were scared of it. Um, yeah, and, so they um, wanted more traditional stuff rather than yeah, some of this yeah, little bit. Yeah, out well, there. I, I still do the girl. I, I do the girl. I do the girl work, and I do the atlas, but I don't do any biofeedback stuff. Um, so uh, you know, I do stuff that they're comfortable with, and it works for them, and they're happy, and and that's all that counts. Um, I have one other question that I want to ask you, and then I, I want to talk. I want to also take some calls because I know we have a bunch of callers. Um, but I that um, that I forget what it's called. It's a chiropractic 
technique that works with the atlas, that orga something or other? Atlas orthogonal. Right. Now, that instrument that they use, isn't that a sound instrument? So, so I'm not sure exactly how that works. I believe it is. I believe mm-hmm. it is. They have a stylus. I've seen it done before. I actually I met the chiropractor who developed that technique since deceased. He was a South African um, chiropractor named Dr. Roy Sweat. I met him when I was going to school out, uh, out in, uh, in Iowa. And uh, um, I, I'm not exactly sure how the stylus works. I don't know enough about it. But it's, I it's had it really, done once. I had it done once. Okay. And it is like a, a, a whistle sound. It's like a, okay. a high, high pitched, almost like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, but it's a sound. It is definitely a sound. And I was trying to explain to Jim before the show, like I thought they applied it somewhere here where I thought my atlas was. And he said, no, that was the something muscle. And the, the mast- atlas the is mastoid. really behind. She's pointing to the mastoid process behind her ear. Right. Yeah. A lot of times the atlas can get stuck up under there. Uh, so a lot, a lot of times. No. I mean, if the atlas moves that far, it'll sever I've the spinal it. cord. It feels like your head is in a vice. I've had that many times. And you well, have it, that it, adjusted. It feels, it feels like it's stuck up under there, but that's that's a lot of muscular tension, which is obviously right. pulling both right. the mastoid process down and the atlas up. And then and then usually on that side, because the SCM attaches to the mastoid, and that's right. going to be real, real tight. Yeah. But yeah. where is it that they, where is the atlas and where do they adjust? I thought they adjust like right behind the ear, ear in that area. No, it's, it's right around, it's right around, uh, like Jim said, right around the mastoid process. It's right around there. But they also take a very complex series of very exacting x-rays pre yes. and post. So, the, so they uh, go by yes. the x-rays like to know exactly where they need to put the stylus. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, they did that, and they, he said it moved. I don't remember what the fraction of an inch was, but he was delighted at what happened. The only problem is when you leave there, you can't move your head. You can't do anything, and right. I had to drive two hours to get home. Um, so, you know, I didn't bother keeping up with it because it didn't really make sense for me. But um, well, a lot of people, I am a firm believer, if your atlas is out, the rest, nothing else in your body will be in. Well, well, as I said, there's, there's five, I think five or six different chiropractic techniques. That's all they adjust. That's it. Um, as a matter of fact, going back to when I was talking about cranial release, one of the, one of the, one of the people that, that helped him out uh, with his stuff uh, was a guy, and I can't remember his first, oh, Kurt Brenstrup. He was a chiropractor, or he is a chiropractor, but he was a uh, technique instructor when I was going to school, and he was upper cervical, upper cervical all the way. And you would ask him about somebody having a problem. What do you think it is? He goes, sounds like an upper cervical problem to me. And uh, so, but he was very much an upper cervical guy, but he helped out this Dr. Duresti with the, uh, with the cranial release stuff. So it's like, well, Obviously, it's got to be having some profound effect on the uh, on the upper part of the neck, the cerebral basilar junction, or else this guy who's a big upper cervical chiropractic guy wouldn't be involved in it. So, 
You know, um, what was that technique called again that Kathy used to do um, in the office? She was a massage therapist, but she had a special technique. Oh, the Paul St. John neuromuscular therapy. Right, the neuromuscular therapy. I would have the worst neck issues going on. She wouldn't touch my neck. She'd be down at my um, at my hip, pressing in at places that would be killing me, and I would be dying of the pain. And then I thought, oh, I feel so much better. And by the time I get to Pete, he goes, you don't need any adjustments. I mean, so yeah. everything is connected and Really, that's that's really the message that I want to get across here. And Jim, I would like a little bit of your input because you work with uh, Qi, and obviously you're activating Qi in some uh, some way, shape, or form when you're doing acupuncture, and it has a healing effect on the body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 the acupuncture needles are used in several different ways. One of them is to uh, break up blockages. So um, in Paul's case, for example, with the carpal tunnel, um, we would be seeing there's a lot of tension moving through the wrist in this area. So we would be releasing muscles up here in the upper arm, in the, near the elbow on the arm, in the lower arm. And that actually loosens up all the connections here and causes carpal tunnel to release. So we've done that a lot and it's amazed people. In fact, one of the, one of my fellow coworkers had carpal tunnel in his thumb, went to our clinic. I didn't treat him. Somebody else treated him. He went, he was doing it on a lark because he was going to prove me, prove to me that acupuncture was crap. And uh, he went and he came back to <laughs> like one of the most, you know, detailed scientific kind of guys works in electrical engineering. He just looked at this and said, I don't know what happened. It worked. My carpal tunnel is all gone. What can I say? So, yes, that's breaking up, breaking up blockages or constrictions that are causing uh, aberrant flows in the chi. Well, um, well, it's, it's, it, well, no, real quick, sorry to interrupt. It's interesting because, uh, you know, over the years I said I've recommended acupuncture for a number of people. They say, does it work? It's like, well, it's only been around about 10,000 years. If it didn't work, it wouldn't have been around about 10 years, let alone 10,000. Well, more like 3,000, at least as far as we documented. Well, 3,000. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's still enough. Well, whatever. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it is, um, because and it is because truly it very effective. Yeah, it is truly and, very, very yeah. effective. Another thing the needles do is they draw chi. So if you come in with a headache, I'm not going to needle your head because I don't want more chi in your head because you've got too much there. So I'm going to be needling your feet. And needling meridians oh, that go to your head, pull pulling away. the energy away from your, from right. your head. Exactly. Right. Um, uh, some of the work that I do is pure physiology. I had a woman come in who a surgeon had cut the, the, the nerve to the palate when he was trying to, uh, to suture up a, uh, an artery that was chronically bleeding in her nose. And, uh, and Injured her forever. It felt like all, all the time, whenever she ate, she could feel the, the taste, the, the, the feeling of burning cheese in the top of her mouth. You know, like when you have pizza too hot. That, right. Oh, that yeah. Feeling, yeah. That was all the time for her. And so I started doing, I started doing stuff right on the nerves. I gave her a little piece of tinfoil with a clip and I put a, 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 an acupuncture needle deep into uh, the jaw, the upper jaw. And, uh, and, uh, Gave her 15 to 20 minutes of electro stimulation, very gentle electro stimulation through there, went away. So some of this stuff looks just like PT. 
but physical therapists can't needle, so I get away with that stuff too. And I also do trigger oh. point work, trigger point work, which is what what I did to your neck when you were here. I was going to say, is that where you go right into the bone? Yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that feels really weird. Sorry, that's Peter. that's that's been a big thing in Pennsylvania with the uh, physical therapist wanting to do uh, wanting mm-hmm. to do dry needling, and then uh, yeah. obviously you know the acupuncture is subjecting to it. Yeah, it's our lifeblood. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There's plenty I'm of other there's plenty of other stuff for him to do. That's right. What? I'm disappearing for one second because the light's coming through. It's reflecting. The sun is setting. It's reflecting on my oh. mirror desk. And I was I'm say, all... don't go to the light, Jill. Don't go to the light. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me two seconds. I'll be right back because right. I, I've got to close the blinds. Okay. I thought, oh, this is, this is a sign from Highway 666. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I'm interested as a, a sound engineer and a musician, when you talk about the frequencies of um, these different nerve centers or organs, how do you uh, how do you measure that? How do you know what's at what uh, frequency? Frequency. Well, 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 that well, that's what because I'm going to go to I'm going to get certified in the torque release in September. They have a seminar in uh, in Exton, which is like two hours from me. So I'm going to I'm going to go get that done. And part of doing that is they is they go over all the all of this all of this stuff. So uh, so you have more exact more exacting data that you can use. So uh, I'm working from a general perspective and going more toward the specific. So. All right. So uh, when you tuned my, my nervous system, were you focusing on specific frequencies or was it more of a general no. getting things in no, balance? No, again? no, no. What I'm working on is finding areas where, uh, where, disheart- where different parts of, of where the central nervous system was under abnormal well, could say pathological. Well, I'll just say abnormal. Pathological sounds really bad, but so just an abnormal amount of tension or stress, and then removing that uh, with it with a particular. It's, you know, it's a very light move. It, it's you're not really adjusting anything. It's, you're just putting input into uh, into that into that joint, which in turn helps to reset the tone of the central nervous system. Like I said, right. in torque release, they, in torque release, they use the uh, the integrator. Uh, I either use my thumb or I use a linear linear adjusting instrument. But I check: is this you know is this going to work? Can I use this? Is this going to work to do this rather than assuming? And right. uh, and I always get a yes. So I want to make sure what I'm doing is going is going to be working. Is going to be working. Uh, is going to get uh, maximum results uh, for the person that I, that I'm honored to be working with. And Jim, as a, a remote healer yourself, does any of this sound familiar to what you do if you're doing remote acupuncture on someone? Is it similar? Very different format. Uh, I learned Army uh, uh, remote acupuncture style uh, uh, in a class a long time ago, and that involves exactly the same kind of intake that we do with with uh, with a regular acupuncture meeting. So if you come into my office, I'm going to take your pulses and look at your tongue and and talk to you. Um, in this case, I'll be talking, listening, doing as much as I can from remote, and then uh, uh, I'll be using a acupuncture model like a doll that has the meridian like lines on it. Like a voodoo doll. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, well, this is one of the things, you know, chi, piranha, energy, whatever you want to call it, this stuff isn't just for good. It can be used for harm. Yeah. And so it, it literally is the same thing, just with a different intent. Uh, but I'll be using the needle and I'll be talking to the patient on the phone saying, you know, do you, do you sense the sensation of the needle in this area? And, and when the patient finally responds, yes, I see it, I feel it, then I'll, I'll feel like I succeeded in, in treating that. So very different. So it's, a, so it's an actual doll that you're using, that, like you said, that has the meridians drawn out. I think I've seen that with the acupuncturist that I've been to uh, in my area. I think I've yeah. seen that that before. So, yeah, well, the, the, doll is, the, the doll is everywhere. For there's an acupuncturist. They always have one of these dolls. Mine is mine is a woman's body instead of a man's body because I don't feel sexist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, what a what a contemporary healthcare professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should take a call here before we run out of time. We're all right. <clears throat> over an all hour right. into the show. Okay. Okay. So here's Donna. Donna, you there? Donna? I guess she stepped away. All right, we'll get back to her then. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll take Lisa. See if Lisa's here. Lisa? I'm having no luck tonight. <laughs> are, you, are you bringing, do we have anyone else? Um, I've been trying to re- get other people to respond. There's callers that are there, but they don't answer when I oh. answer them. All right. So Hello. 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 Is Hello. there? Hi. Who's yes. this? This is Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi. Um, can you tell us your story? What's going on? Well, I had a couple questions. Um, I don't know what kind of questions she's answering, but... Um, I have a question regarding my automobile, <laughs> really. What's happened to your automobile? Tell us your story. Well, I'm not really sure. I had a problem with the AC, and um, I finally seen the third mechanic today. And uh, it, it's an older car. It doesn't look as if it's going to be an easy fix, and they're really not sure what is going on at this point. And it might be too costly to go on working on it. What kind of car um, is it? It's a 1996 Mercury Sable. It belonged to my parents. And uh, it's a lot of sentimental value. And it's been a good running car. And um, right now I'm not in a great position to um, get another car unless it's an incredibly good deal. So I'm kind of Mary, between a rock and a hard place. Sarah, Mary, really what, what, what color is it? It's uh, like a tan, bronzy color. Okay. You got it, Jill? I actually saw a red car, so perhaps that's in our future. Um, well, I would hope not because I have never really wanted a red car. I still don't. <laughs> so I, I think that's... I don't know. I have my own ideas about red cars, but yeah, I'm not I, crazy about a red car either. I'm not, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have one all. either. But I, I'm just telling you what I picked up. So, and who well, knows? Maybe they'll get the, something a part. that might be to my attention or something. It doesn't mean I won't see one along the way. But um, right, or perhaps they're going to end up getting the part from uh, 
similar card to yours that um, ends yeah, up being a red card. Right. Right, because that's exactly. Radar, you never know. Well, that's exactly what was coming up. I do feel that there's two issues going on. Again, I'm not a mechanic, so I can't tell you specifics. Yeah. But I do feel there are two issues that are going on with your AC. One is probably something costly and pretty big, and the other is a very simple fix. Very, very simple fix. And they might be able to do the simple fix in getting it to at least function to some degree. I don't know how reliably or how well it's going to function because I do feel you have uh, uh, an issue. But it comes to as a dual issue, and one of the issues is very simple, something as easy as um, a charge or something, you know, something minimal. Yeah, that, well, that, Kind of run the gamut, I think, and I, I have, a, I feel I have a very trustworthy uh, person right now who's been doing this for about 20 years, and he said I have never reached a roadblock like I have with this car right now. And he's tried, he's tried a variety of things, and he said right now I'm, I'm really not sure. He said um, it may involve several. Uh, costly expenses, and frankly, he said, you'd probably just be throwing more money out, and that could go to something, you know, that would be better. So he also um, buys and sells uh, used cars. He didn't have anything available, but he said, knowing what you want, I will um, be looking for you to see if anything comes up. I will definitely keep you in mind. He charged me a minor uh, repair charge to do what he could do, and he said, I have consulted with another mechanic that um, we work on things together, and he could not come up with a solid answer, so we brought it back today, and I've kind of just, you know, I'm kind of lost hope with it, so. Right, I, I understand. Know. I would just make like to make a suggestion that whatever kind of car it is, you take it to the dealership. I know they're more expensive, and I'm not saying even have it fixed. Get their input though, and you know just well, see. Well, they're because... going to charge me more, and I've already put out for three mechanics, so I can't even think of that possibility. And because it's so old, I, I don't even know you know where where it was purchased or anything like that. So. I probably wouldn't invest in that. But um, do you see, but the only thing you picked up was a red car. That, that's all you could uh, really see as far as me getting, finding a way to get another one. Um, I didn't know. I didn't say that. I actually, Jim had said, what color is your car? And I mouthed red because that's what I immediately was picking up. Um, okay. I, I didn't even look at if another vehicle will come up for you that will be affordable and, and functional for you. Um, uh-huh. My gut feeling is, and I would say even expand your, your search outside of the, the guy who, who's already looking for you. But I feel, I mean, if you're able to get, I, I do feel an opportunity for getting a new car um, exists for you. It might not be exactly what you would want. And I'm not saying it's going to be a red car, but, um, oh. but you know, I do, I'm not getting anything that tells me that you're not going to be able to find 
um, either a fix for your air conditioner or a car that will work for you. I'm not getting any negatives on that. So I would say that's in your very near future. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling like it, something's really got to give because I can't drive it in over 90-degree heat. I'm yeah, just I understand. not able physically to be out there running around with the car in that shape. Right. No, I, and, I definitely understand. I kind of feel there's going to be a resolution for you, I would say, in the within the next couple of weeks. I mean, I know that sounds like a long time. Um, and yeah. usually when I get any information like that, it's usually worst-case scenario a couple of weeks. But I do feel some resolution for you. And I have to see also, you know, when I find out how much it would cost, I have to see where I could possibly get financing or credit to do it. My credit is good, but I have to see, you know, what I could do. Something affordable monthly, too. Right. I don't see that as being a big issue for you. It feels that will flow in. It's more finding the right vehicle for you that is affordable for you. I, I feel you're going to hear something. You could even hear this week um, or, or find something this week. But keep your ears and eyes open. Oh, great. And, All right. Uh, okay, I will do that, and I appreciate it. I just have Thank you. Other... Thank you, Mary. Could I ask? Okay. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Who else do we have? Um, we have a couple of fresh colors that haven't been uh, uh, screened yet. So you want to take a chance? Yeah, we did with Mary. Okay. Hi, this is Jim. Who's there? Hello? This number I tried before and, it didn't, and no one answered. Try this one. Hello, this is Jim. Anybody there? Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi, who's this? My name is Maddie. Maddie? Hi, Maddie. Can you tell us your story? What's going on? Well, I'm sorry. I have to leave the room because um, it's a little noisy in here. Yeah, I got Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice I'm sorry, music. what did you say? I, I just tuned in, and I know, uh, was it Lady Fontaine? Yes. yes. Yeah, I know, I saw the topic that you talk about energy. Yes. Yeah, but like I said, I just tuned in, so I really, um, I don't know if you're doing a dialogue, um, uh, picking up energy around people, or, you know, or what? Oh. Are you are oh. you looking for some healing? Is that the idea? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we have a a few people that could probably give you a hand on on the online right now. So, Pete, are you is Pete still around? Pete, you still there? Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm turning this one over to you. Matt okay. wants to. Matt, Matt, Maddie's on the line, and she wants to uh, to find some healing. What's going on? I want to know why my left foot swells. Well, now are you are you looking for a person who will who will psychically scan your body oh. and tell you what's wrong? Is that what you're looking for? I don't know. I don't. 
I really, like I said, I just tuned in, and the phone, I did have the phone, um, um, but I was not really listening uh, because of the noise that's going on in my the room that I was I just came out of. And so I know I, I did see the topic about energy. And uh, maybe, um, I don't know if you do psychic readings, a medium. Um, I, I, I am a psychic, yes. Okay. Well, I will accept that. But since I think I, I have an idea why the left foot is swelling, I, I fractured this ankle a couple of times in my lifetime. And, uh, and I think uh, I need to... Um, Start moving around more. Good for circulation. I'm not a health empath, so I'm not good at at being able to read the body. I, what I'm good at is telling you if you're holding on to trauma there, or if there's something else going on. But if you're looking for resolution, Jim, do you any have any thoughts on that, or any questions uh, you want to ask her? So you're ta- you're describing edema. It sounds like foot's good at swelling up and. Is it puffy? Repeat that, please. So what, which foot is it? The left. Is your left foot? And is it getting mm-hmm. puffy? Am I drinking coffee? No. Is it getting puffy? Puffy. You know, puffy. Kind of, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it gets a little puffy, tight, and it swells, and uh, it goes down, and it, it feels sore on the top. It feels intermittent to me. How long? Puffy. How long? How much time has um, this been happening? Uh, this has been going on. Um, when did I start noticing this? Uh, I think. Um, hmm, last year. Last year. Last okay. year. Uh, after, uh, I, I tell you what happened. I, uh, it, it was after. It was last year. After the lockdown. Everything, and you know how you're in the house, you sit. Because I'm yeah. one of those people that that go out and do mountain climbing and the park and walking and you know exercise or going to the gym. And seems right. like I just shut down. I don't do that as much. I don't do that at all anymore. But I got to gear my mind up to getting back to being out there and moving. I think okay. I've been sitting too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting too much. We all have. We all yeah. have. It's um, like, uh, don't feel it's sitting. Sitting is for the birds. <laughs> but it's only one. It's only one leg, huh? So you know. Uh, yeah. you, have you seen a doctor about this? No, I have not. No. I, I just 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 because it's happened. It happened. I used to be a manager at J.P. Morgan Chase, and I had an employee who had that happen, and and uh, he ended up in the hospital. Mm. So I'd I'd like you to get someone to look at it. Because yeah, it, I had it, said I was gonna. I had said I was gonna go see a podiatrist. I had said that because, uh, and I and I also, like I said, I think it has has something to do with uh, the ankle, this foot. Uh, over my lifetime, twice, I I think I fractured the ankle in this foot, and um, you know, and I and I think that might be. Who knows? Who knows what it is? And it might be gout. Right. I don't know. I can guess all day long until maybe I need x-rays taken of it. <laughs> right, or something like that. To me, it feels like it's intermittent. Um, it doesn't feel constant. Um, but I would say your best bet because, um, you know, I, I'm not a health empath. Jim is an acupuncturist and very well versed with things. 
but it's difficult to diagnose something like that, um, you know, remotely. But I think we've given you at least some ideas of what to look for or how to possibly treat it. So we Mm -hmm. do definitely appreciate your call and wish you good luck with getting this resolved. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Good luck to you. All right. So what I would like to do um, while we're trying to figure out if we do have callers on the line or not um, is I want to talk a little bit about what, what I do. And Paul, I want to talk most specifically about first about like, what did I just do to even tell Pete what I feel is going on in your body that might need to still be resolved in order to get more healing? So what I do, and I do this on my own body, um, and I'm, I, I'm, I don't know how I do it with other people's bodies, but I do, is I literally go inside, and I'm actually part of your bloodstream, your muscular system, and your whatever and I search for areas of discomfort. Now, when I'm doing it on myself, it's very easy. I know where those areas are. And when I find those areas, because again, with my background in psychology, along with what I do with spirituality and and psychic stuff, I immediately, let's assume that I have tension in my shoulders. So I immediately go to my shoulders inside, I'm in there, I'm inside, and I'm going to say to that part, I'm going to actually start dialoguing. First, I'm going to say, I see you. I see, I hear you. I recognize that something's going on there. And then I start digging into that feeling. And once, hopefully, an emotion will come up. And then I start di- dealing with that. What does that emotion need? What's the feeling? What does it need from me? What is it trying to show me? What is it trying to do? Uh, why is it there? So I did something very similar when I was going through your body. I was scanning your body, and I found that <laughs> when I was looking at your central nervous system. And But then when I got down to your foot, that surprised me that you said that you were not aware of anything going on there because I actually feel it feels like your left foot, and it feels like an actual bone um, maybe you're just living with it so long you don't even notice it. But what I would like you to do is, like when you're relaxed at nighttime before going to bed, just zoom in on your, on your ankle and foot on the left-hand side and just see if you notice any areas that feel tight or uncomfortable and start dialoguing. Start asking that area what it needs, what it's trying to show you, what its messages are for you. Because most, so as we know, and you know from working with me, that trauma gets stuck in the body. And it's going to stay stuck until we start recognizing it. And even when I was working with your, with your wife, my intention was not to heal her migraine or anything like that. But we did it. I mean, she had an issue and we worked on it. But in reality, we're, we're dealing with more than just dealing with the migraine because we're dealing with the core issues that are behind it. The migraine is just a, is just a, um, a, a, a symptom, really basically saying something's hurting inside of me, and that hurt is not a physical hurt. It, it, I mean, if, if somebody has a broken leg, that's a different thing. Then, then you have a physical hurt and you have a physical symptom, and that will heal most likely on its own. But when you have these chronic pains in your body, it's you, it's yourself, 
trying to signal, you're ignoring me, you don't know I'm here, and I'm going to keep on bugging you until you start noticing me. So it's a matter of finding those spots in the body and really working with those spots. Now, Pete had called me after he worked on you to say, Paul might reach out to you because I told him to call you, and you didn't. But I did do a quick scan just to see what was going on in your body. Um, I, I can't hear you. Who are you, ta- you talking? Who are you talking to? No, I, I wanted to save uh, it for the show, so I wanted oh, everything to be fresh. I, I didn't Pete. want you to know, right? Right. What I, I said to well Pete, or nothing. Yes, I said to Pete. I bet you that's why you you didn't contact me. But um, I I at I actually and I said to Pete I wasn't going to do it, but I did. I've got a curiosity. Um, but I actually felt um, a couple of aha moments in your energy. So did you get any awarenesses after Pete did work on you from, you don't have to say what they are unless you want to, um, from a emotional or spiritual perspective? Honestly, uh, I, was I so, felt too. I felt too. Yeah, I, I felt so surprised that this like had cleared up that I wasn't paying attention to anything else. I just kept on, I kept on doing this going like, all right, it's, it's not clicking anymore. It's not shifting. It's like, so I was just like playing with my wrist going like, what, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> so I didn't notice so, anything else. Okay. So when you say, how the hell did he do that? Is that magic? Is that, what is that called that? Yeah, to you. I don't believe in magic. You know, I think it's all, it, 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 everything's explainable. It, it comes down to like, we're talking about healing energy. We're talking about somebody remotely being able to do um, a release on that muscle or something or clear up the nerves. Like, I don't know. That sounds like magic to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, me. I, I think it can be explained somehow scientifically but i don't have the answer it's definitely Um, miraculous where you're like wow it is miraculous it truly is but but a point that i wanted to bring up is that um i work with whatever we want to call it but i call it energy when i'm doing readings i read people's energies and people who have had psychic readings with me know that i give a tremendous amount of detail things that people just can't even imagine, you know, that, that anybody else would know. And again, one, I think I might've even mentioned this client last, last show, but I had a client that works at, I I did at a big car place. Um, And she's in sales and um, they had major, major layoffs. But what happened was about two or three months ago, I said to her, "Mm." starting to feel something's coming down and it doesn't feel good. And then there were like a thousand people laid off and she immediately got in touch with me to tell me that. And then she said um, her boss felt like he was in danger. And I said, "Mm -mm." I said, first of all, before she even said that to me, I said to her, he's, he's already got an exit strategy at play, but I said, he's not going to need it. And I said, there's another and I, she said, how soon? Because they're saying a month or two. I said, Mm-mm, it's going to happen in the next week. 
And then she contacted me again and said, you were right. Um, He's now reporting to someone else. And it came down when nobody was expecting it to come down and blah, 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 blah. So clearly I tune into something. I don't even know what I want to call it. I call it energy. There are many times, I would say there are some times when I'm doing readings that even when I'm doing the reading and I'm picking something up energetically, my guides will jump in and go, uh-uh, and they'll tell me something else because I could only see I'm human. So I could only see from a human perspective, but my guides can see the way bigger picture than I can see. Right. And at times they'll give me information that gives a higher perspective of what's really going to happen. Now, how I tune into it, I don't know. I don't know how I do it. It's just magic to me. I just do it. Like I could be sitting next to somebody having dinner and I'll, I'll know if their mood changes and not looking at their face. I could be sitting, they could be sitting behind me and I'll feel that energy change in someone. So, I mean, typical of an empath, they are very sensitive to energy around them. I don't know how I do it. What I do know is it took me a long time to learn how to shut it on and off. And now I'm very good at doing that. That was, you remember that, Jim, that that was like my biggest problem. I did not know how to shut it down. But the point I want to make in all this is I think that although we might be calling these, we might be using different terms and what it is that we're tapping into I think it's all one and the same. It's some sort of universal energy or life force or something like that. Jim is able to tap into it one way. Pete's able to tap into it another way. And I'm able to tap into it another way. And we're able to get the results clearly because we're all doing what we're doing. And to me, I think back to the most important element of what I learned in spirituality at the very beginning of my emotional uh, and spiritual growth and expansion is we're all connected. And that to me is the key. We think we're separate, but we're not. We are all connected. And on that note, Jim, do you have anything you want to say about that? Good, better, indifferent? I don't hear you either now. Jim's, Jim's mic died. Oh. oh, we're having all kinds of technical problems. My God! Uh, and, and, and this time it's not—it's not me who's having the technical problems. I know. The last time you were on the show, it was you. All right. So, what yeah. about you, Pete? What do you think on this, if anything? Do you have any thoughts on us being all connected? Now, Pete is was a student of A Course in Miracles for a long time. I don't know if you're still more or less headed in that direction or not. Um, no, I no, I still am, and I still I still utilize it. I don't, um, you know, I I haven't studied it for quite a long time, but I still use the principles, and I still use the, um, uh, you know, like they talk about, you know, it being spiritual psychoanalysis. And so when I'm having some sort of difficulties or something, I will present that, but I always get an answer. I mean, it's not like talking to you here, but I'll present that. I'll throw that out there to the uh to my teachers and uh then the answer will come back in some sort in some sort of fashion so um and uh so that, so it's always been uh, very very helpful and um 
uh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, with, with saying, you know, what do you want to call it and so on, it, there's, there was a friend of mine years and years ago when I first got involved in metaphysics. She called it psychic woo-woo stuff, which I always thought was a funny term. But um, it's it, it, you know, rather than, than, me, than me trying to figure out what do I call it, what, how exactly do I do it, the most important thing is, number one, it does no harm. Number two, it mutually benefits the person that I'm working with and myself. And in that way, it mutually benefits everybody. So now, that's, that's, I that's what I want to ask you something. When I was a healer many years back, and I'm talking 30 years ago or so, I was taught that you always ask permission before you do a healing. Now, obviously, in what you do, the person is giving you the permission by saying, yes, you could work on me. But do you go through any spiritual things and connecting with their guides or anything like well, that? When, when, you... when, I, when, I, when I do the remote stuff, I ask permission. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I work on, no, not when I work in person. It's like you're there, but, you know, we're going to do what we do. Uh, but it, but it, remotely, I always ask, like when I worked on you or when I worked on Paul, it's like, do I have permission? Is it in their best interest that I work, that I do this work with them? So I want to, I want to check. Um, so and there you, have you... been times, there, there have been times, but not recently, but there have been times that before I did remote work, this is when I was doing some of the, the corn stuff the remote adjusting, I would check and no, I couldn't do it. So then I would ask, do they need to have a clearing? And what that entails is there's a spiritual healing technique um, uh, called spiritual response therapy, SRT, developed by um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, by two psychologists in Redmond, Washington, right. eons ago. And yeah. so well, they, they, would, they would douse, use a pendulum, they had charts and so on. But I came up, um, I have a friend of mine who, who does that, who's very well versed in that out in Arizona, but I came I made up a, um, a general clearing prayer that I, I, that remember. I would do. So, right. Yeah, so I remember I said that to you. So anyways, so I, would go, so I would check, do I need to do this first for myself or for the other person? Sometimes I would have to clear myself first before I did it. So and I, I think that's the, smart. I think that's very smart to clear yourself before you do it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it takes two minutes to do it. So we have time for one last caller, if you're okay. ready. Uh, we, uh, is, we have is, my fire, is my mic working, working now? Yes. yes. Is it? Okay, good. Yes. yes. Sorry. So we have Pat on the line. She hurt her ribs on the left side, and she's concerned about um, tendons or if there's any other things that could be causing the health issue here. All right, and naturally I'm going to leave that up to Jim and Pete for I'll, right. I'll say if I see if you can tune in. Up. Right, but I want them to take the lead while I zoom in. Pat, you there? Hey, Pat, you're on the line. I am. I am. Good evening. Oh, I'm so grateful. Um, I, you know, my emergency rooms or not emergency urgent cares or my orthopedic doctor won't see me for a rib. No one X-rays ribs anymore. Unless right. I go to the emergency room, which I'm not going to go for nine hours, you know. Oh, I already got it. I already got it. Pete, Pete, she just needs something adjusted on her left side. I can feel it. Is it in the front that you feel it? 
It's interesting. It keeps changing. Uh, it was in the yeah. side and the back, and now it's very much in the front near the sternum. And my lungs, my lungs yeah. now yeah. hurt. Oh, it's a simple well, adjustment well, rib, for a chiropractor. Rib, rib, ribs are very, are, are very easy to misalign, um, and the ribs are very tricky because the ribs, uh, obviously, they attach in the back on the transverse process on your spine, the first 10 pairs of ribs. But then the first 10 pairs of ribs also come around under the arm, and then they attach on the sternum. So, uh, so it, they can misalign in, in a number of different places. They can misalign in the back, in the front. But what I found with people a lot of times, too, let's say it's on your left side. I'll have the person sit. They can stand, too, but sit. And they put their left arm on their right shoulder. Then you can palpate underneath, uh, you know, directly underneath where the armpit is, and you directly you can – palpate in there and find out where uh, where the rib's not moving. And usually the bat 99% of the time, it's going to be real tender there too. Um, yeah. And there's, and there's a, uh, uh, there, there's a check, there's an activator check, which, which is a chiropractic yeah. method. Yeah. There's an activator, there's an activator check for, for ribs where a person takes a breath in and holds it. If the, if, the, if the reactive leg shortens, then that means the rib is misaligned in the posterior. If they blow the breath all the way out and hold it on the exhale, then that means the rib is misaligned in the front around the sternum. So uh, have, no, it definitely sounds like, like, you have, like, like you have a rib that's uh, at least yeah. one rib that's misaligned because I've, I've seen people that, um, you know, misaligned have ribs and they, and, they, and they ended up in the emergency room because they had sharp shooting pain in their chest. And certainly yeah. if I had sharp pain in my chest, I, the chiropractor wouldn't be the first person I would be going to either. It would be the But ER. it is the first yeah. person that I go to because I've had that many times, Pat, and I already know uh-huh. when I get that kind of pain what it is. And I zoomed in on your energy. I immediately felt, felt it in the front, and I did feel restriction in your breathing. And I, I know exactly, it, you have several ribs out in the front. They're probably going to adjust the front and the back with you, and you will be better. I would suggest going to somebody who does activator work because it's less painful. I mean, they use a, a, just like an activator gun. It's just like a pushing thing. And okay. I, well, I just had some of it done today, and it's, it's, it's you know, painless I, to have it done. I put I put a call into my chiropractor. She has that gun. Good, um, thank good. you. Question, though. I mean, it was a crazy, bizarre accident. And I was talking to someone today who was also talking about the sort of spiritual aspect of this uh, injury. And I said, you know, when I, I was on a trampoline being very safe, being the grandmother just sitting down while everyone else bounced and ran around. And I got off balance and just slowly fell to the side. I didn't even fall. I just, you know, fell over. I'm sitting. Mm. But I went on my arm in the basketball and, whoa, the pain. But it also felt like I totally squished something, obliterated something. And one thought was, is this like a cancerous tumor? And I didn't think it was, but that thought scared me. And this person said, sometimes, you know, we have issues that need to be broken. But I don't feel it. But I don't feel it. I I feel, and I'm going to turn it over to both of the gentlemen here that know more about the physical structure. But from a psychic perspective, 
I'm feeling this was a, a, a an injury. You have, I don't know if it's a tendon, if it's a tear, if it's a, a muscle. I don't know what it is. Maybe the guys could, okay. could talk you through figuring it out. But I don't Thank feel you. it's I don't feel it's anything serious. Um, Jim, do you, you have any thoughts on that? So I, I was just wondering, uh, Dr. Pete, if if it's general practice that they would X-ray something like that before they would uh, try to do any pressure on it? Because if it's a cracked rib or a fractured rib, uh, it might not get better. It might get worse. Well, well, a cracked rib or a fractured rib, there's nothing they're going to do with it anyways. And yeah. you're, not going to be adjust, you're not going to be adjusting anywhere close to a fracture. Yeah. So okay. find out where the, where the main point of pain is. Right. And you can adjust either end of where a fracture is. Like if somebody has a fracture in their spine, obviously you're not going to work close to that, but you can certainly work above it and below it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, but I know with like if it's a crack rib, obviously that's going to take a while to heal. But realigning, yeah. realigning the ribs on either end of where the fracture is will certainly help the healing process. But it's still an incredibly painful process. It is, yeah. So so I remember when I was a kid, they used to put uh, uh, little patches of uh, of plaster cast on your rib to make you feel like wow. you're doing something could make you feel like it was doing something because you can't cast the rib. It's already yeah. traction just right. It'll just heal like it's supposed to. But it's, 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 it's amusing. What she says is you, you can't, they won't take x-rays of them anymore because they don't want to know. It doesn't matter. It'll heal on its own. Um, well, so there's nothing, the, they, they can, they can, nothing they can really do about it either. So, yeah, you know, it's just something you yeah. just have to live with. So, but, but like I said, if, if either end can get realigned and the rib cage itself can move better, then uh, that's just, that's going to help the uh, the overall healing process. That's right. That's right. Right, Pat. And other than the ribs, what part did you fall on your your arm, your left arm? Yeah, my arm was on my side. So when I fell over, the arm was in the way. I also think I had a basketball on the side too. So those two things I fell into when I kind of was falling over very gently. I fell over. You definitely squished yourself, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I'm glad it happened because then I Googled trampolines. Good Lord, they're so dangerous. And my little four-year-old really? was running around trying to do, you know, cartwheels. And it says no one under six and one at a time. So I'm glad it happened because I could, you know, my family is now taking this warning seriously. Good. Right, Good. right. I they're think that when you go to your chiropractor, even your arm, they're going to be able to do some sort of adjustment. I would say for right now, ISIS, and that might help okay. it to some degree. Well, but it, good luck swollen? to you. Oh. Is it swollen? Can you? No. Can you tell me, should I see, will Colleen fix it or will um, someone's doctor see fix it? Um, well, what was the second name? Uh, it begins with a C. I don't want to give his name, but I may. Hopefully, I'll see Colleen, but I'll go to this man if, if he's going to be better. I feel you could most likely get. I feel Colleen could help you, and most likely you can get in to see her. Wonderful. Yeah, I can. Thank you. All right. Good. Good luck really to you. Great. Good luck to you. Really Thank fortunate. you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, Pat. You too. All right. So I think we're out of time.
Oh, oh, so Paul, real quick, because I'm not at work, shoot me another email and then I can get a hold of you tomorrow and then we can figure out a time to do another session. Oh, Paul, we don't hear. I think he's closing out the show. Okay. Okay. We'll just let him know that he, that he, we'll just let Paul know that he can uh, have him email me and then we can set up a time like we did last week. Okay. Now he hears you, I think. So we want to say thank you to all our listeners and viewers and those who called in tonight or listened to us on Blog Talk Radio or watched us live on social media. We enjoyed hearing your stories. Be sure to either follow us or like us on Facebook and YouTube. Our next show is in two weeks on July 5th. Our topic is one that has been requested by many lately, how to survive a broken heart. Don't miss it. Have any suggestions for show topics? Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram with your suggestions, testimonials, or just to say hello. Don't forget, if we use your topic suggestion for an upcoming show, you will automatically receive a 15-minute psychic reading with Lady Fontaine. Please visit her at ladyfontaine.com or Jim at East West Healing Arts in Hartsdale, New York, uh, facebook.com slash forward slash East West Healing Arts. Good night to all of you, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, all. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Pete, thank you very, very much. You were great. Well, well, thank you. And uh, Jim, Another was great show. To Thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. (laughs) If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste. Namaste.